Hello and welcome to the Viewfinder Vikings podcast. This is episode number 20 and today uh, it's only me here. Uh, Ian is not with us and uh, but we have a super special guest as always. Uh, this time from Switzerland in Zurich. No? Yes. Yes. Oh, thank God. Um, and it's none other than... Hang on. Kusua uh, Victoria Adusanya. Well, you didn't do <clears throat> so... I mean, you did okay. <laughs> you, I didn't do horrible. You you did okay. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, it's wrong, but still, not, not the worst <laughs> of all times. Okay, can you just uh, please... Um, let us hear the correct pronunciation. So, it would be Akosia Victoria Adusanya. Okay. But to most of our listeners, you are probably most well known in the YouTube community as the huge YouTube star, uh, Ava Silvery, right? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it's very... Um... It's very uh, nice of you to say that it's huge. <laughs> and I know there's some <laughs> irony, but I'm thankful for, for everyone who subscribes to my channel, even though it's it's very small. I, I forgot to check. Do you know how many subscribers you have? 268. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I would not. It's so um, it's so cynical to laugh about this number because it's so small in the. Um, in the mainstream YouTube world, but if I imagine 268 people um, who I would like to talk to, probably about film photography or something, yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a good point. And if you had to talk in front of 268 people uh, at uh, uh, some sort of gathering or so, that would be a, a big crowd. Probably. And and also 268 is probably way more than we have listeners on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not the one to talk too loudly about this number. But okay. the the thing that I wanted to to try and help you with today is to get that number up if if we can. If some of our listeners are not following you on YouTube. Uh, that's probably not going to change today, uh, depending on your answers, of course. <laughs> oh God, I give my my best, but I feel so bad for everyone who subscribed because I'm the most <clears throat> inconsistent person on this platform. It's so difficult for me to actually realize what I want to realize, um, and then I just do something <laughs> with. No, no preparation at all just to do something and it's awful but I, I want to change <clears throat> it, it's not awful and uh, I find your videos very interesting and very uh, spontaneous very very not raw but but very true very yeah very true yeah, and that's, that's a nice word for uh, <laughs> super bad <laughs> but no but, but I take this <clears throat> and uh the, the 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 thing that I like is the, the non consistency because if if you have dedicated yourself to publish uh, publish every Monday at eight o'clock and mm. you know that thirteen thousand people are waiting for that video 
and you approach Thursday and Friday and you don't have inspiration, you have nothing to do, you just make a shitty video by Monday at 8 o'clock. And that's sort of the worst thing. The The best thing is um, when your favorite YouTube channel suddenly up- uploads a video and you have no idea what it's about, you have no idea the topic, you know, you, you haven't seen a video in maybe a month or maybe it's only two days since the last video and they that's 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 a surprise that's that's a good thing in my opinion oh that's a super super nice perspective i've never thought about it that way (laughs) but it's it's true there is millions of channels that are scheduled Mm. so i like the ones that are not so don't change that's my advice now I'm in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we will talk about uh, more about your YouTube channel a little bit later in the episode. But um, first, I just thought maybe we should start with you introducing or not introducing yourself, but maybe telling telling a little bit about your story. Because one thing that I haven't learned from watching your videos is uh, your past or or uh, how should I say it? Because Lucky guy. you you just you just jumped right into it with your first video was very like in the moment today here and now and it wasn't about reflecting or mm. talking about your education or whatever like other channels might do. So it's sort of very interesting, but I I also want really want to know your story. So if you can tell us a little bit about how you came to photography and and um uh and yeah okay um i mean what i can tell you right off the bat is that i'm not as structured as you are when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to having a conversation <clears throat> i have pretty uh, organic conversations maybe just i do and my conversation partner just thinks what the hell is she talking about but I try to make it as um, understandable as possible so um, okay so I'm originally from Germany as you might not necessarily guess when you read or try to pronounce my name (laughs) but (laughs) I'm German Um, and I um, moved out from home when I was uh, 16 um, at that time, I lived um, with my mom, and it became unbearable for me, so it was safer for me to leave home, and I <clears throat> moved out. And in order to be able to move out, it was a little bit complicated, because um, obviously I, was, um, I wasn't I was 18 yet, and it was uh, impossible for me to sign any contracts or <laughs> to do anything legally on my own. Um and so I had a deal <clears throat> with my father, who I um, maybe saw once every two or three years, okay. um, who was a computer engineer, that I would go and um, start studying mathematics while still preparing for my high school degree. And um, he would pay for my rent, and I would pay for everything else, and... I also had to close this deal with my school because obviously I um, would miss a lot of school. But since I <laughs> I hadn't gone to school for 
almost more than one year at that point. I just couldn't. Um, they thought, yeah, it's better It's better if she <laughs> comes back to school, even if she just comes part-time, um, and she can study what she loves, which was uh, mathematics, actually. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I moved out from home. I was 16, turned 17, had a few jobs. Um, then I got my first horse, which was a very bad idea. <laughs> because... I mean, it wasn't a bad a bad idea. He would have gone to slaughter otherwise, and I ha had been horse riding all my life. Okay. So I had this horse to care and pay for, um, and then I had my band, and then I did some painting on the side, and then I studied mathematics, and then I needed to go to school, and of course I had all my mental problems, <laughs> which were the reason why I've moved out in the first place. And then I had to study um, mathematics and I just couldn't take it anymore. After I think one year, um, I jobbed at the bar and the restaurant to finance everything because of course I have to, um, I have to be careful what I say now, but... <laughs> um, of course, uh, promises were not kept, so um, oh. rents were not paid, which led eventually to the point that I would um, be thrown out from my apartment because I didn't receive the letters that would say, um, you haven't paid rent in X, X months, so right. um, you're going to be thrown out. So that, that was a very bad experience, but not the worst one <laughs> I had. But um, this is kind of... Uh, this kind of arc is a little bit representative for my biography, I would say. <laughs> um, and since I couldn't take the the workload, but also the mental pressure anymore, I um, ditched the studies at university and focused on my high school degree and actually working. I worked more than I went to school, which was fine. I did my degree. And during that time, I already prepared for art school. I always painted and I enjoyed painting a lot. Um, I had no idea about cameras. I found films extremely boring. I didn't watch any. I didn't <laughs> do anything else but painting and drawing. What What did you paint? Um, I, um, how can I describe? Uh, maybe I can find it at describing words more than like subjects. Um, bold, <laughs> big, um, colorful. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I listened to a lot of um, uh, stoner and sludge and prog metal bands. And I kind of um, painted inspired by their music <laughs> that I listened okay. to. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so nothing specific really, but I always painted and drew um, a few self-portraits as well where you would never recognize me. And it's funny because now that I look back, I do actually the same thing in photography, <laughs> um, which you which you cannot really see on my Instagram account because the stuff that I'm posting there um, where you can actually see myself, this is not my work. This is just stuff that I'm posting because the role had to be filled. Um, okay, so fast forward. I applied at art school. Um, and they actually accepted me for the painting stuff. And this was you're still in Germany. I'm still in Germany, right? In Saarbrücken. Saarbrücken is a 
It's a small town near the French border. Um, and they accepted me. I was 19 at the point, 2009. And I started. Um, and immediately when I started, I took all the courses I could about theory and, um, I don't know, uh, rhetorics and discussions and talking about arts. And this was when I stopped painting because it was so new to me the way that the people um, destroyed artists work just with their words and made me made me feel that I have to justify every single thing that I am putting on the canvas now and I just couldn't um, find any argument anymore any intellectual intellectually um, relevant argument for why I was even painting or what I was thinking of myself that I would go to art school. Um, and I think this was the reason why I started photography because I knew nothing about cameras and I had to learn the, um, the technicalities first and this was where I could hide. <laughs> right. That's very interesting. So, so the the um, the school sort mm. of made it into a a bad experience for you and instead of the opposite <laughs> um i think no it was myself i mean it's all my it's okay. always my my responsibility how i react to my environment right so even um when i'm surrounded by people it's my decision how much i let I let them influence my my actions, so I wouldn't push responsibility back to the school or the people. It was just how I um, experienced the situation, and it was also. I mean, I I have absolutely no uh, grudge against um, my school. I love my professors and my teachers, and I think I was a pain <laughs> a pain in the neck um, at that time because I wouldn't stop asking questions and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, throwing um, gasoline into discussions. That's just um, how I how I lived throughout school. But it was more the older students at the time who really intimidated me with their artist talk. And um, mm. I just couldn't understand it in the beginning. And now, now that I look back, I understand that um, the better you can talk about art, the more seriously you are taken and the more you can hide your own insecurities about your own work. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's interesting. I I sort of agree. Uh, but do you, what, were you intimidated by their work or just by their talk? Only by their talk because, funny enough, I actually never, <laughs> I rarely saw any of their work. Okay. I to this day, I don't even know if if they were working at all. Um, but they were very good at talking. Right. Mm. Well, that's sort of the you can find those in in photography too. It's true. I I don't I I don't I try to stay away from from talking too much about the technicalities and uh, and sort of uh, take the higher ground uh, as someone might do in a discussion mm -hmm. and especially i have to have to remind myself when i talk to sort of family members who are not interested in photography at all 
because uh, I, <laughs> I just start to go on and ramble about, and then I have to remember that they don't give a shit. So mm. I, have, yeah. I just have to st- stop talking. So, but so then you are you are out of art school. Um, you have found photography. You have found the technicalities of a camera, and and what happens? What happens then? <laughs> so um, yeah, I studied six years, and almost all of the six years were photography, or I would say four years maybe. <clears throat> so uh, I went to the darkroom straight away when I started with photography. I think in two thousand ten, and then I made my degree in two thousand fifteen. <laughs> Okay. Um, so what happened then uh, was very funny um, and that's I, I try to make it very concise but that's really the reason why I ended up here um, in Zurich or Switzerland I had never never imagined to live in Switzerland it, it was a country that wasn't on my map literally mm-hmm. um, so I had always been um, training endurance horses on the side in France and also competed um, in races. And so I knew that after studying arts, I wanted to get away from arts for a moment and just work in the um, horse racing industry. And I actually got got an offer from um, a very cool endurance horse ranch in Queensland, Australia, um, for me to go there for, I think, I think it was one year, and to train their horses and compete their horses. And um, I said, yes, of course, I had the contract, everything was fine. And of course, it costs a lot of money to move to Australia, especially when you have a dog. <laughs> and um, a few we- few weeks in my preparations, um, Mingus, my dog, um, got severely um, attacked by another dog and had to be had to go to surgery and whatever and I um, he was under treatment and antibiotics and whatever and when you want to go to Australia with your dog you have to um, he has to be super healthy and perfect shape and needs to go to quarantine and whatever and I just couldn't imagine mm. to um, do this to him and of course I would never leave him behind in order to take care of uh, other people's animals I mean so right. I had to teach this, but I still needed money. <laughs> and um, I uh, I had also always been working in restaurants and bars at the at the time. And I thought, why not just move to France and ride some horses and, um, and just work on the bar in the evenings. And it was winter at that time. And then I discovered... Um, mountain and snow and ski resorts in France looking for um, saisonnières and through the skiing season worker world I discovered Switzerland and this was perfect because I thought cool I can just go to a country for maybe three or four months save the money and then leave again and no one will ask me to stay and this is how I ended up in Switzerland Um, in a hotel which then brought me to an art school again (laughs) where I started working as an artistic assistant and then I got a job um, as a director of operations for a photography company and then I moved to Zurich and then I quit that job 
last October, and now we're here. Oh, wow. So for for our listeners that are taking notes, uh, we will oh. <laughs> <laughs> we will Sorry. also give this as a as a PDF. No, that's a lot. It is. I'm sorry. It's. I mean, I know that like half of this is not relevant. Oh, it's very relevant, uh, like, and I really, I really enjoyed listening to you uh, 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 and every every bit of it because it's sort of like when you say a sentence, then one piece of the puzzle just sort of drops in, and and now you understand that that video a little bit better, and now you 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 know what I mean. I, I sort of that was very educational. Okay, well, one point. Okay, thank you. No, sorry. Um, I just, I just tried to make it uh, somehow structured, but um, that's as far as I we, can get. We don't do structure here, so that's okay. Okay. Well, that's that's a very good introduction and, and a little bit about you, and and now we sort of we have a little taste of your story, and we we know why you're in Zurich, and and uh, I sort of. I sort of understand a little bit better the, the projects that I've seen f- from you and um maybe you can um make maybe you can talk a little bit about um your dark room uh and your your color dark room and and your, how you work in Zurich uh, today and sort of like what type of photography you do what, what how does a day look like in your life um, okay, so the color dark room that you can sometimes see in the videos um, is not mine, but I have a rental contract for um, a year, or now it's a second year, and I just pay a monthly fee in order to be able to use it, and this is where I do all my um, positive work, but also a lot of meditation. <laughs> And I also <laughs> eat a lot of snacks. That's <laughs> actually my favorite thing. <laughs> that's that's a good use. I've learned that, or someone told me that to not eat or drink in the dark room. But I guess yeah, that's I <laughs> that's depends on what. So, but so is this a, like a private person's uh, dark room, or is this a community, or? Um, it's a school. Right. It's an art school again. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, and they are nice enough to um, give me a contract and a key, and I j- I can just go whenever I feel like going there. Is the, um, is it's the, a it, super luxury. Is there a lot of competition about, or can you basically go whenever you want? Um, the only person I ever meet is, uh, and he always scares me to death. To death is the security man. <laughs> Sometimes he pops in at like one o'clock um, in the morning because I'm usually I'm there when it's oh, was until I had the job I'm, I was usually there until maybe five sometimes five in the mornings and then I go back by bike or sometimes one in the morning to catch the bus and <laughs> yeah so there is not a lot of competition. Wow. Yeah, yeah, sorry I interrupted you. No, no, it's please do so. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So that's uh, that's the um, positive um, side of the um, the film photography workflow and all the negative stuff I just do at home in my kitchen sink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the rest about? 
the work and the. <laughs> what, what what does what, how, what do you photograph? What, what does a day look like now? Um, so actually, since since one year, I am oh, okay. Maybe I should say I should start by saying that I don't photograph a lot at all. I'm. I'm more uh, not photographer than I am a photographer, and it's very embarrassing to say this, but it's not. I I'm not the person who has who always has a camera with her. I just am not this person, and I try to change this, but um, it's just imprinted in my brain that I plan what I do, and then that's what I do, and everything else doesn't get done right. so um yeah but i, I understand that I, i'm i'm the same way you? i oh thank you <laughs> i uh i don't ha i don't ha know how many times i have packed a camera just to pack a camera and then never <laughs> even took it out of the bag or it's in the car the whole day uh, so. yeah I'm sort of the same way. If I'm going out photographing, I'm going out photographing. Then I, that's when I do my stuff. The the rest is just... Uh, I have this illusion that what if it suddenly is this amazing whatever. Mm. And then... But I, I still bring my 35. Like if yeah. it's, a, it's a once in a lifetime situation, I don't want to be there with a 35. I want to be there with a large format, but eight by ten. Yeah, I don't bring the eight by ten on family trips every time, so I I completely understand. Thank you. That's that's great. I mean, I admire all these um, street photographers who who do good work. I mean, yeah, um, that's that's difficult to do interesting work in such a quantity and also spontaneously and you know what i actually started a youtube series i started so many things that i never uploaded or finished or finished mm. so there are many many um deleted videos <laughs> that I never made it to my channel but i actually started a series about street photography just to get myself into the discomfort of just doing it and i just noticed that it's not me so okay but yeah, so um, I do enjoy portraiture since uh, actually only one year or so. Um, and that's also something I definitely want to focus on. Um, film and strobes is just like uh, pancakes and maple syrup. <laughs> oh, you should have said a strawberry jam. <gasps> Seriously? I'm, I've never um, had syrup on a pancake. I'm not a, oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Strawberry jam. I mean, hmm. we can talk about... We have we bacon, we have pancakes and bacon and strawberry jam. Or blueberry jam. That's what we have. Blueberry jam. This is where we can meet. Okay, yeah. we can settle on. But that's very interesting because uh, when I was a, a, a pure digital photographer before I even knew about that film was still around. Um, mm. I did huge amounts of work with strobes. Mm -hmm. uh, every project that I had that I wanted to do that I was passionate about had something to do with strobes, mm -hmm. uh, even if it was still life or, or portraiture. But whenever I 
went over to the film world the the strobes things just sort of went away and and um uh i i fell in love with the look of a certain film or a certain process uh sort of replaced the the flash or the strobe look but now i'm sort of making a 180 degree turn again and and exploring uh uh the not 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 uh, n- necessarily the look of strobes i i really like that but i also really like natural light but the thing that triggers me is the technical aspect mm-hmm. to not to to sort of uh like for instance if if i had this um uh, project where i was photographing ballet dancers and they they are very young ballet dancers like 17 or 18 so they don't it's not that i'm I feel like I'm wasting their time, like if they were professional uh, ballet dancers or ballerinas. But, but still, I felt nervous and uncomfortable when I did the shoots because uh, I didn't do any testing, uh, or I could do like one test with the digital camera, mm-hmm. and then I just put that in the bag, and then I did the whole rest of the shoot with with film. And that was so liberating to me to to think about what I'm doing to to sort of uh, pre-visualize what I wanted it to look like without testing and testing and testing and testing. Uh, so I had much better communication with the dancers, and mm-hmm. they didn't have to wait for me, etc., uh, etc. Et so so many benefits to it. So I I completely understand. Um, yeah, and I mean, and uh, I mean, I uh, I use a light meter, of course, <laughs> an external one. Without one, it wouldn't be possible for me, at least, because I I don't use a digital camera to um, to test or something. I also don't. Ha- I, I always forget that I actually have the camera um, which I use for vlogging, and I always forget that it could actually take photos. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it never came came to my mind until someone asked me why I didn't use that one. Um, oh. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, of course, there's, there's like, um, I think there is something interesting in a uh, flashy um, artificial strobe look, but I think my, the work I do with strobes is probably rather soft um, and more lean towards maybe um, simulating a natural light situation yeah um but that's just at the moment i mean i'm fairly new to portraiture anyway it's been one year it's so it's it's safe it's a safe route but it's also to me it's also the the most pleasing light and you get the most happy customers uh, when you have soft beautiful light Uh, Mm. so if you can convince someone to do portraiture with very harsh um, or very blotchy light, or I don't know the technical term, then then you sort of you have to find someone with, with very high confidence that can handle looking at themselves uh, sort of in the in the bare bulb strobe fashion. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I I agree. I I I love the soft light. The, huge light source with with lots of diffusion and super mm-hmm. close and mimicking 
uh, a huge window window with with uh, silk curtains. Um, just this, just this uh, Saturday, I um, had an editorial shooting for a magazine, and it was a very sunny day. Um, but still, I mean, you never know. I asked the guy who I should um, photograph for some pictures of his studio um, to have an impression of the window situation, but still you never know. So I brought um, my strobe and the only light modifier I had, with have, which is the first one I bought, which is a 150 Octobox, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it's just uh, this huge, huge thing. And <clears throat> when I arrived, it was... Uh, just incredibly bright in his studio and all these windows and all this sunlight and I felt so stupid but I had to um, set it up anyway <laughs> so I went to the hallway with him to do some portraits with his show because I had it and I, I needed to use yeah, it of course and um, yeah. so 150 so it almost touched the ceiling and the floor at the same time <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah uh, it's not quite um, but I think I, I think attention. I have a I think I have a two or three meter, no, two, two and a half meter umbrella. No. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I had this studio where, it, uh, I think it's three because it was almost touching the ceiling when it was touching the floor. Uh, that's great for like kids when they move around, you don't have to move the light with them. You just, you can just shoot. But of course, it's very difficult to get the, uh, sort of like a, a low-key look you would have to flag everything and that's mm -hmm. very then it becomes a, a problem but that's super cool that and and though you get these jobs uh, these uh, magazine jobs f from word of mouth or do you have a business or are you a photographer that that sort of take take gigs um so i rarely have any paid jobs all and this is just the truth so um i did a lot of like uh free work and work for compared to switzerland very very little money um maybe to give this some um background or more um reality so we have been i have um started saying that I am into portraiture lately, but where I actually come from is the fine arts world. And before people roll their eyes, if you're going to a fine arts school, then you come from the fine art world. It's it's not to say that your work is um, whatever it is. It's just uh, another genre. And so that's where I come from. So, I'm, so actually from a very um, conceptual background. And I actually really learned um to photograph when I had my degree already. And while I was studying artistic photography, I used my camera um, more as a tool to, I don't know, to enter into color worlds and worlds that actually don't exist in reality. I don't know how to describe it. Um, and I explored darkness and um, long-term exposure a lot. So that's where I come from. I don't come from um, from a pile of uh, commercial or editorial jobs and have a huge portfolio in this um, genre. That's just not the case. So, so it's diffi it's difficult to sell yourself to a client 
uh, when you send uh, conceptual fine art images of of darkness with long exposures probably <laughs> i mean th- of course that's yeah because that's not what i do i mean i'm not naive um either i am just at the stage where i am building a portfolio a new one actually which is attractive to um people who need photographers for interesting editorials but this guy um, or this magazine job is a very good example that people can have a feeling for the work you do without having to see that you did something similar in the past so he actually um, he is from LA Um, the magazine is a US magazine about um, video games and um, experimental artists and interaction design and Um, So the guy went to Instagram because they had someone they interviewed from Zurich. And, um, of course, he wanted to find a suitable photographer in Zurich. And he just went on Instagram and searched for Zurich photographers. And he told me that he was, I think he said, 200 photographers in until he found one of my pictures. I have to ask him which one. I don't know which one. And he said... um, he wanted to contact me and ask me if I take assignments, and that's how I how I got that's this so job. Cool. It's been just um, yeah. I think he contacted me last week, so went very quickly. If the if you probably should uh, get since he seems so keen on your work, maybe you can have sort of like a a quote from him. Uh, Do you mean like a testimonial <laughs> yes. from like Bob? <laughs> yeah, from Bob in LA. <laughs> but so, uh, so you make all your money from your YouTube channel, I, I guess. Then from my YouTube channel, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I make like million. I make million. No, I mean, okay, okay. Let Let's get this straight. So I, um, I quit my job or mutual agreement left my job um, in October last year. Mm-hmm. Now it's January. And I had some savings um, to keep me alive. And this is a very, very interesting time for this podcast now because I actually have to make sure to get enough jobs this month in order to survive the next one because now my savings are gone because hmm. of Switzerland. That's the situation. I, um, I have been in the same situation uh, in 2017 I also lost my job um, and I got six months of pay wow. uh, and then I used those six months to sort of build my business but mm-hmm. what I basically did was just buy equipment <laughs> <laughs> and then after six months uh, and after two more months I suddenly didn't have any more gigs than i did before and i didn't there was not enough money that that came in it sort of got a little bit better but it takes so long it's so slow unless you are very lucky or very good or or a combination of both Mm -hmm. it takes like it takes one job to get the next job and we're talking maybe like well at least here in norway it's like three or four weeks between jobs and mm. so you need those jobs to be like 1500 2000 euro jobs mm. uh, or else you're screwed uh but this is a great uh, segue to 
explain a little bit about why I wanted you to join the podcast. Um, and uh, that was because I saw your Instagram post. And I'll, if I don't embarrass you too much, I'll just read it out loud. You don't. <laughs> um, you wrote, I guess I'll take three more years. Today I am starting to appreciate the very last two weeks before my 20s are over uh, once and for all. Ten years ago I planned to have made it by age 30. Uh, not only because ten years happened to be some create uh, creature's entire life, uh, yeah, entire lifetime, but also because I was certain that 30-year-old people actually <laughs> didn't exist. Um, and then you list uh, four things that represents making it uh, paying off my daunting student loans all of them committing to someone with an inspiring mind having a sustainable creative career and still uh-huh. being on horseback each day and you summarize those four by not quite there yet for number one none for number two no 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 for number three and uh, heart and toe breakingly no for number four so i'll take three more years and that was very interesting because um i sort of have to do the same with my photography business because i'm two years into uh, full-time Mm-hmm. And I've seen a growth, but it's not enough. And it's not enough to sustain a family. It's not enough to to have a business. And uh, I needed to look for other work. And so now I have, I've, fortunately, I found uh, like a, a 60% uh, position at a, at a local school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have two days off uh, each week. So I can do my own mm-hmm. photography projects and I can schedule gigs that I get on those two days um, and I think maybe that's the only way I can survive as a photographer but it's so interesting to to read this honest uh, post from you uh, that you're sort of in a, at, the, at the crossroads and you're deciding to take three more years to reach your the goals you set ten years ago that you haven't reached yet <laughs> and that's just oh god that's just wonderful yeah. i love it i mean that's someone celebrating a failure and that's my myself probably <laughs> it's i mean um yeah sometimes some things um take <laughs> take a little while and it's not like um i have been thinking about this a lot and i also honestly need uh friends from time to time to tell me that um, I didn't have the most uh, comfortable past and there was never ever in my entire life um, a safety net or a situation where I could actually allow myself to um, fail um, or to just not succeed and I think that's a little bit ironic that I choose a creative um, path nonetheless but it's how it is yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I guess that um, it, if 
if my uh, if the past years have been a little bit easier for me or on me, um, I would be uh, at another stage right now. But it's just a little bit slower because I'm on my own, and it's fine. I mean, it has its advantages too, but yeah, <laughs> but also its challenges, and and it wouldn't be fair. Um, for myself and also for people who are listening and uh, may may tend to be a little bit hard on themselves um maybe it's um it's okay to <laughs> it's okay to be a little bit nicer sometimes and to give yourself more time instead of just throwing everything away that you have been building up and um like this month for example Things, uh, even though it's January and January is always a brutal month, things um, seem to come together, not financially at all, but um, the networks you are building or um, taking care of over the years, I think at a certain point it starts to come together and make sense. And even though you don't see an immediate return um, financially, economically, it can be a, a point where you realize now it's extremely important to hold on and to keep going because now would be the easiest time to just give up. That is very true. But what does what does giving yourself three more years mean practically? Um, <laughs> does it mean... Uh, getting a new job somewhere and sort of doing the photography on the side so you can keep going or is that is the that definition of the failure? Ah, that's a very good question. No, I mean, uh, this would absolutely not be failure. Um, this would still be um, a woman who makes a living on her own, in my opinion, and makes it work somehow. And I think it's a luxury anyway to be in the situation where you can, where you where you can make that choice um, to follow what is what you care about. So if I have to take on another job or part-time job, um, I will do it um, if it allows me to follow what I have to, um, what I want to do. If I get a job, <laughs> but. Um, no, three more years means 10 years ago and also five years ago, I said, when I'm 30, I want to be able to somehow make a living off my work as an artist. 10 years ago, I didn't know that I wanted to be a photographer. I didn't know that I wanted to pursue photography as a, as a job. Um, a few years ago, this changed. So... I made a course correction anyway. <laughs> um, it means that it's okay that um, I'm not at the point now where my work is super sought after or anything um, similar. Um, but now I really have to accelerate and um, put everything I have into my projects and try to make them work and be much more... Um, aggressive I think about um, speaking up and uh, trying to um, build opportunities for myself well um, does making a living from your creative work 
does that mean fine art or does it mean uh, is photography creativity no matter what or do, do you know what I mean um, if you do editorial work um, take portraits but you are not in control of the visual look if you know what I mean if if you for instance take portraits of a, an entire business they all have to look the same they have to look professional they don't have to it's not a something that you create from your imagination it's more what the society expects a business to look like do you know what I mean mm. is yeah, that yeah. still a creative um, uh, success um, I mean, if it's not creative in terms of the most boring corporate business portraits, they aren't creative, they are technical, right? So then it's not creative. So then it doesn't count. And no one, by the way, would hire me for this kind of work <laughs> because it's not what I do. Okay, so, you, so um, you have to, in order to achieve your goals, you have to make a living creative, uh, creating something uh, with photography or with something else. Right. And I mean, um, it's 100% not going to be the fine arts stuff. Um, 100,000%. Okay. It's not going to That's... going to be this. That's interesting. Uh, because it's not possible. I mean, I, I have done um, so many as maybe exaggerated, but uh, I have been show, ex exhibiting my work quite a lot. And um, it's not like people just buy your work it's more yeah. people people see it or maybe people don't see it um, but that's a very 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 long process and um, it's impossible to it would be I would just um, burn myself if I yeah. set this goal to live from that kind of work it just doesn't happen but it's extremely important to me and it's not a hobby or something it's what I uh, actually <laughs> went to school for to pursue these things but they live on a different um, timeline than my work as a photographer okay that's and, interesting yeah and they, they have to be treated differently as well um, mm. with my uh, more um, Main, mainstream can I say mainstream uh, like portrait stuff and editorial stuff and like documentary stuff um, this can be treated harshly and I know I need to improve this and that and blah blah but the um, the work that I'm doing since years uh, for me is uh, is a very intimate space and I don't take any um this is just me and this work. <laughs> mm. Mm. I sort of, I, I think I understand. And, um, I, I agree to some point uh, and I can relate to, to what you're saying, um, in, in my own story. And, and I was just thinking about my, I'm doing this exhibition in, in, um, in four weeks or mm -hmm. five or six weeks. I don't, I don't even remember. And, and I haven't done nothing so far to prepare. Uh, I I don't know what kind of images I'm going to display, and I mm -hmm. don't. I haven't decided on darkroom prints or inkjets. Uh, I haven't decided on anything. Um, and um, and I was just thinking when you, when you were you were saying that about the fine arts that even if I 
even I get, if I get everything for free, film mm-hmm. paper, and someone pays me ten thousand or not uh, well, it's thousand euros mm-hmm. to do this exhibition, I would still not be able to make a living. Uh, not even, not even ten percent of making a living from fine art or from exhibitions and. No, of course. So not. it's, I I was just thinking, why why, <laughs> why am I doing it, and why am I thinking so much about this exhibition and sort of like it has to be perfect, it has to be this, it has to be that, and and it's just a money drain. Of course, I mean, oh. it's but that's very interesting for you to. Um, articulated this way because um it's it's a new new experience for you right well so. yeah sort of I've, I've done a few exhibitions but not a solo one and so i don't have anybody to lean on uh yeah that's that's sort of it's it, it's a different thing when when someone has a suggestion that makes sense uh if you have a partner uh, in your exhibition as they can make mm-hmm. a suggestion that you kind of want you you want to know, to have done it your on your own but you know deep down that you don't have the guts to suggest such a thing when you're alone mm. so i f- i feel that because i f- every time i make a step in the direction of finishing the artwork or deciding on some kind of way or pathway i immediately start doubting myself so it's it's a pretty interesting experience and it's it's sort of very educational very uh, i i feel i evolve as a photographer but i evolve as a photographer in the way that's moving away from the money and mm-hmm. that's sort of like the issue that's the problem we need money to survive and the more money i make without photography the less time i have to photograph yeah. etc so it's it's yeah. not easy it's a it's an it's an investment in something else and obviously you know that because you are doing it anyway yeah. um <laughs> so there maybe uh, Maybe it, uh, it seems stupid to say this when we're struggling uh, to make ends meet, but there is more um, more to life than just to make a living. And um, I think it's especially important in um, struggle times to to know your reasons why you're still holding on to what you're actually doing without seeing any money for it. Yeah. And then you kind of know that... Um, that that it's authentic to you to do it. It's important to. To. I I think I I've discovered as I became an adult that uh, if you go through life uh, doing uh, sort of taking the safe paths and um, doing the safe thing uh, every every time, uh, sort of like I don't want. I don't want any regrets. I want to like th- right now. Photography is my passion. This is what I think about uh, every second of every day, and um, 
I just want to immerse myself in it and do as much as I can of it because like I'm almost 40 and uh, if I didn't do anything for 20 more years and started photography when I was 60 I would uh, I would just uh, be so heartbroken from the 20 years or the 30 years where I didn't have the guts to do it so Oh, I got chills and, <laughs> and teary eyes. Yes, it's, it's true. Mm. Yes, that that's what I've realized. And, and more so after I got kids. And I sort of remember back to when I was uh, 16, 17, 18, where everyone has to fit in a pattern. And everyone, you, ha you don't want to be the one that's uh, outside or different you always want to be in the group so you want to be if the the group this year is uh, people that do physics and chemistry and that's the cool thing then you go physics and chemistry and the, <gasps> crazy and the, uh, i never had that r really oh that's <laughs> no but that's the that's the that's the sort of that's the 99 of my friends and it as especially boys it takes you're at least 25 maybe closer to 30 before you sort of break out of your shell and wow. and wow. discover so i don't know i may might be talking gibberish but no no but i think it may i think it makes sense but it also depends on um how the or it ties in together with how the world sees you um I actually had a conversation with this about a friend, and this was when a, when I was able to articulate um, <laughs> why for me it was probably so so different as when you are in a group and you're different anyway without doing anything uh, because you look different. Uh, this is a podcast, but for people <laughs> who don't know or watch my videos, I'm I'm not white. Uh, I'm not black either. Um, I'm in between or whatever, cultureless. Um, and if you grow up in an environment where you are the different one anyway, and this doesn't have to be a negative thing, it's just a fact, then there is no way for you to be like anyone else because people expect you to be different in any way. I don't know how to express it. Yeah, but I can see uh, that. I can see it, it. never, I mean, it's not like you are in this um, homogeneous uh, mass of people and then it's so comfortable to just go with the stream and then you have, it takes so much effort for you to break out of the stream. I never had the stream. Right. I had to put put a lot of effort, especially when my mom and I moved to a, to the countryside in Germany, uh, I had, had to put in so much effort to um, be in the stream. Theoretically, I didn't care about it. I didn't want to be in there. But that's why it never, ever in my entire life <laughs> don't need to do anything because um, because a group was doing it or so. I, I would just question everything. Not in a negative way, but um, I, yeah, I think it's... <laughs> I think how your decisions also um, reflect on how the world expects you to be or or doesn't. Yeah. It's just mm. it's just uh, very interesting how the the human mind works uh, and how 
sometimes, like I didn't find photography until I was 34 or 33 or, or something. And and I just, and right now I don't understand what, how did I live? What, 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 uh, before that, uh, what was I thinking? What, what, what was I, where was my joy the first 33 or the first, uh, or the, the 15 years from 15 to 30? I just don't understand how I could do this without photography. And so I just have to recognize that this is now my passion and, and I have to go 100% for it. Uh, I have to, especially when we live in countries that have safety nets uh, from every angle, uh, mm -hmm. there is no... There's no way something really bad can happen to my family, even though I go bankrupt and so much in debt that I go to jail, they will still be taken care of by some sort of arrangement in the government. So I there's sort of there's no other choice but but to, to go for it um, as long as I can and I, I, I plan to sort of mix uh Uh, uh, working a, a proper job in quotation marks uh, alongside mm -hmm. with with the the money drain of finite <laughs> photography and exhibitions <laughs> oh god yeah it's a pain it's such a pain yeah well that's a mm -hmm. that's a topic for for uh, for next time when we discuss um When we look at the bank transcripts from 2019 and see how much we spent on film and, and oh god, <laughs> yeah, and, and on tissues and on yeah, yeah. and on chocolate. Um, oh yeah, mm. snacks for the dark room and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, I have to say it's been a pleasure to to talk to you about this, and I'm sure that we will do this again sometime. Uh, my goal is to have this sort of uh shorter ish uh quicker chats where we have uh uh a more narrow focus beam mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. i mean i i would try my best <laughs> <laughs> to be all over the place but no you were you did great and i'm sure everyone listening is going to help you realize um or not realize but help you achieve the million dollar payout from YouTube by going and clicking the subscribe button to your channel, But which is called um, Ava Silvery. Ava Silvery. <laughs> so regardless if you watch YouTube or not, go and subscribe. No, no, don't subscribe <laughs> if you um, if you don't want to subscribe. <laughs> It's the most important thing. I'm sorry. I, I'll just edit that out. That last one. <laughs> no. No, no, no! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I have no choice. No, of course not. You, 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 you are correct as as always. So, please go watch some videos. Um, join um, uh, the journey. And uh, when is the next video coming out? Do you know? Is it Monday at eight o'clock? Probably next month, okay? Okay. We will, <laughs> so, we will wait for the surprise. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, is this the moment where I say goodbye and just hang up? Or how does this work in a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could either uh, just say goodbye or you can maybe um, advertise yourself if you like. If you, if you have uh, 
if you have some websites you want people to look at uh, so they can understand a little bit better uh, your fine art world uh, maybe um so probably nobody can spell this anyway i will do it once it's a k u o s u a b i k t o r i a dot com which is just my name okay it's not just some fantasy um invention it's just my mm -hmm. name but if you if you go to my youtube channel um you will find the information there but don't subscribe just subscribe if you want to <laughs> there's a lot of work for the listeners I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm aware. That's that's myself. Yeah. But that's uh, that's a fair thing to ask for is an um, uh, honest subscriber, because let's face it: uh, uh, if they don't like the channel, they will unsubscribe again afterwards. So. Yeah, but it hurts my soul. Yeah, that's so worse. They either they subscribe and stay with me until YouTube is dead. Or they don't subscribe at all. Like, please don't subscribe and unsubscribe. This is very painful. Yeah, that's that's a roller coaster of joy and sadness. I did you know that I ha had a YouTube channel? We talked about this, yeah. and I think you promised to re-activate um, your YouTube channel. No, I'm not, no. no? That's that's uh, that's impossible. No, uh, I just I had I I. At the most, I had 760-something subscribers. Mm -hmm. And then I removed every video on my channel. And after one month or two months, I still have 718 subscribers. <laughs> so that means that they haven't discovered that my channel is gone. Which is okay, um, or maybe they are still hoping for something, and I, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'll do that someday. But those videos that were up will never go back up because they were just not good enough, or they were not. They were sort of following the stream instead of uh, following my heart. What a nice phrase to um... yeah. To, to say when you mean it. Mm. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we can say goodbye. Uh, and, Thank you. And until the next episode, uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Ciao.